So how are you guys doing? You guys doing all right? Yes. Uh, is anyone sleepy? Yes. So that's why we got the air on. It's freezing in here. Try to keep you uh, awake. And uh, let's see here. Okay. All right. So um, who can tell me what you've learned so far? What we've studied so far in the class. Anything stand out? Okay. Um, class one was what? You can close that if you want, John. Discipleship. Discipleship. Okay, class two. All right, so we're in trouble. <laughs> class two was prayer, and then class uh, three was stewardship on time. Okay? So, uh, stewardship on time. So, well, it was stewardship with an emphasis on time. Because I think that at the end of the day, like being a disciple, really being a, a committed follower of Jesus Christ, you're going to have to surrender that to Him. You're going to have to surrender to Him the time. And so we're talking about getting into the Word. We're talking about really praying. And today we're going to talk about genuine fellowship. This is how we grow. This is how we you know, learn you know, God's will for our life and we follow Him. And so um, let's pray and then we'll, we're going to touch on these things and then we'll dive into our notes for today. Lord, we thank You for Your love and grace. We thank You for allowing us to be here, Father God. And uh, Lord, I, I know... That you love every single person here. Even though we have our struggles, even though we're in a battle, um, even though sometimes we may not feel it, we know it. I know it, Lord. You love them. And you want to make us disciples. Uh, you want that to be something that would permeate our life. And so, Lord, I, I pray that you would just bless this class. I pray, Lord, that you would just continue to be with their students as we're seeking you in the Word and in prayer and, and trying to make you the, the the one that would dictate what we do with not our time, but your time. And I pray, Lord, that today you would bless our, our, our study as we look at fellowship, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that um, whatever um, you want to do, Lord, whatever it is that you want to talk about, that today we would be sensitive and open, Lord, to your Holy Spirit. So um, be with us, Lord, I pray with all my heart. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So January, February, March, April. So do you guys have a book report due today? No. Next, month. Next month? How did that happen? Yeah. We gave 60 days. Yeah, 60 days for the 30-day book. <laughs> January, you signed it. March was the new book. Mm-hmm. May is the next Yeah, I, I, mean, I, th I thought that's what it was, but I'm like, how did that happen? Because it should have been January, February for first book. March and March April. Okay. All right. Cool. So um, you have one more month to read that. And, uh, and by the way, that book is out of print, so the only way that you can get that is Amazon. Yeah. It looks like this. Yeah. 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 Yeah
Yeah, there's different covers. Yeah, yeah. I wish I had a chalkboard I could write right here. Huh? So the first book was 30 Days to Understanding the Bible, and the second book is 30 Days to Understanding the Christian Life. And so, um, you know, if you... I think it's available through Kindle. Not 100% sure. But I do know that you're you're probably better off with a book like that because it has fill-ins. The fill-ins aren't that many, though. Not as much as the first one, huh? Yeah. So, uh, you know, try to pick up that Bible from Amazon. And, and like John was saying, I saw a lot of used uh, copies available. And some of them are, are in good condition. Now, if you need help with that, if you need help with anything, let us know. Okay? Yes, Linda. The Christian life. Okay. So, we talked about being a disciple. Okay, a disciple in the Greek language is that word mathetes. I think of the word math. I think of the word learner. And so we're learning how to follow the Lord. You know, um, we're learning to deny ourselves. We're learning to grow as Christians. That's what we want to be. Um, some would say that discipleship is synonymous with being a Christian, but there's a kind of a debate on that, to be honest with you. It's a theological debate. There are some who will say, that not all Christians are really disciples. Um, and, and, and I don't know, you know, was the thief on the cross a disciple? I know he was saved. I don't know. So anyways, the point is this, that, that there, you, know, you want to make sure that you're not just, you know, saved without a heart to really follow the Lord. You know, when I think of the disciples in the life of Christ, I think of them being around him. I think of them being taught by him, um, really being with him. And just because he's not here physically uh, doesn't mean that that's not how it still works. It still works, you know, by the Holy Spirit. We're we're with him and he's teaching us and we're following him. And uh, and so Jesus said, if anyone wants to be my disciple, let him, you know, deny himself, take up his cross. How, How often? daily and follow me right so that's what you want you know that's what intense discipleship is all about uh this past month i was uh i was trying to lose some weight and so i was making myself accountable with this one brother so every day i would i would i would actually text message him what i what i ate and during the process i'm serious i lost four pounds just like that okay i'm not bragging i'm just saying okay (laughs) But then I took myself off of it, and guess what happened? Yeah. Right. No, not five. Who said five? <laughs> no, I am serious, man. There is something about accountability that is so strong. So I, 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 I want to make sure, and I know at the first class, I tried to break you guys up into groups, and it just didn't really work out. But now here we are, and it's kind of settled in. These are the people that are going to be taking this class. You've got to make yourself accountable. I want to encourage you to. And so at least one person. Yes. So maybe we can have a list of everybody that's in the class. And that way we can pick who yeah. we're going to be. Well, I, I would just say look around, you know, today. And hook up with somebody. Uh, as far as I know, most of you here and. There's no weird people here, so uh, I think we're okay. 
<laughs> and so hook up with somebody and that that will somebody that will show you grace but who will also like if you're you know you're not you know showing up or following through with the things the Lord has put on your heart that they'll they'll you know they'll, they'll ask you like the brother that there was a couple of times where I didn't turn it in he's like hey you doing all right um, or one time he's like hey I noticed you didn't drink any water um, you know someone that that, that that can help you with whatever it is and eventually as you continue on through life I've noticed that that um, sometimes that's the only way you really grow is when you become transparent so discipleship uh, we're, we talked about prayer and um, here we are January, February, March, April Okay, so it's been four months. And it's such a, a tough thing, prayer. You know, because, um, I mean, you never arrive. But but hopefully we grow in our prayer life. That was the one thing the Lord said. Um, the disciples asked him to teach them. To teach them to pray. He didn't say, you know, they didn't ask him, hey, teach us to preach or teach us to do miracles. I, I think maybe the miracles just came um, when he sent them out. But as far as preaching goes, they knew that the key to his life was his prayer life. They knew that. And the same is true for us. The key to our life is our prayer life. And so, you know, let's not, I'm not trying to beat you up if you haven't gone, gotten there yet. I'm trying to lift you up. I'm trying to encourage you. Get this one as if your life depends on it. Because in one sense, it does. Because I know you guys. You're not here just because, you know, you're like, I want to just stay saved. No, you're here because you want to grow. And God's not going to move until we really begin, you know, to get on our face, to get on our knees, to have that quality time with the Lord. And that's what that whole class two is about. Just, you know, the prayer journal. And so uh, don't give up on that, you guys. Um, and, and as God, you know, one of the things that I think is really cool was that when you start chronicling answered prayers, it's a faith builder. It really is. So um, that third thing about time. I know that for me, um, being a steward, when we talked about and the class, you know, the gang, which is your family, uh, the gold, which is money. We're, we're, we're stewards of these. The gospel, we got to make sure that we um, we protect it and preach it. Uh, we talked about uh, being a steward of what else? Our body. Take care of your body. Um, we talked about um, being stewards of time. And so... Um, you know, we all have the same amount of time, you know, 24 hours in a day. And uh, it's easy to to waste it, huh? It's easy to waste it. And so, um, you know, I'll sit down and sometimes my son will want to watch a baseball game. And sometimes I will because I just want to be with him. But sometimes I won't because the Lord will say, no, you, you know, you got to do something else. So God will show you how to be good stewards of your time. And uh, it's just all by this Holy Spirit. So today we're going to look at 
you know, one of the most important things in, 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 in Christian life, and that is genuine fellowship. So in your notes, it says uh, in Acts, from Acts 2.42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. So these four practices that the early church continued steadfastly in, or as the NIV puts it, devoted themselves to, are often compared to the four legs of a table. With any one missing, that table will fall. And so you have doctrine, communion, that's uh, um, you know the bread and the, and the cup like we did today, and prayers. And they're kind of easily understood, huh? The Bible, we know we need to read the Bible. And uh, prayers, we know what that's about. Communion, we know that's about. But fellowship, that one's a little bit more difficult to put your finger on, right? What exactly is it? Out of the four, it seems to be the most ambiguous. And yet there it is with the four, just as vital or important for our growth. And so let's look first of all at the Greek word here, uh, koinonia. There's the Strong's number. If you want to look it up in any other references, 2842. And this Greek word is found 20 times in the New Testament. Usually translated fellowship, but it's also translated in different ways. For example, communion distribution, participation. And so it's derived from another Greek word which refers to a partner, associate, comrade, or companion. And so um, this leads us to four words of fellowship that are closely related. Number one is the word uh, relationship. Relationship. And for that, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 in verse 25. It says, Therefore, putting away lying, that each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. This is uh, the foundation for fellowship, the, the relationship that we have with all other Christians. We are members of one another. Uh, in our notes, I think it has it in your notes, it says, is that subjective or objective? And what that means is, uh, is this um, something that is true if you feel it? Or is it something that's just true? It's just true, right? Whether uh, whether you, you know you you like it or not, whether you whether you feel it or not, you know that's your brother, that's your sister, and and so we are to you know be be acting, be conducting ourselves in light of that truth. You know, some of you here, you grew up uh, with a family, and you cherish. Uh, maybe you had a healthy upbringing. I mean, man, um, I wish we had like more Ozzy and Harriet families or um, did you guys ever see Leave it to Beaver? Wasn't that awesome, man? What other good uh, family programs growing up? Did you guys ever see any of those? 
isn't that the truth? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> you know, and it's a healthy environment where brothers and sisters, there's that family, there's that cohesiveness, there's that relationship. We don't we don't lie to each other. We don't you know have this type of relationship where we do things that are that are harmful to each other. Why? Because we're family. Because we're members of one another. So here's like the foundation, and we're just kind of building up. This is just where it starts. This is where this Greek word is found there in Ephesians 4.25. We're members. We're members of one another. We're brothers and sisters. Secondly, we have the word partnership. If you want to write that in your notes. Partnership, And let's look at these scriptures beginning, first of all, in 2 Corinthians chapter 13. And um, someone want to read that verse? 2 Corinthians 13, 14. You read it, Emma. Okay. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen. So the Greek word translated communion. Here is that Greek word. Do you guys know the Greek word? Koinonia. Koinonia, right. I'm part of my last name, right? Koinonia. No. So, so what do you think this is all about? What's his verse? He, he's giving him a benediction. He's closing the passage. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship or the communion of the Holy Spirit. What's he, what is that? What, what's Paul praying? The partnership of the Holy Spirit. It's something that's done by the Holy Spirit, huh? I mean, I think that when we think of the grace, we're like, okay, uh, Lord Jesus, you know, give it to me. Or the love, you know, okay, Father, um, I believe in it. You know, but then now we're talking about fellowship. We're talking about communion. And this is something that the Holy Spirit makes possible. Um, Just going back to the first point, if you don't have it, you are not going to be a healthy Christian. You're like, yeah, but I like to isolate myself. I'm more of a loner. And uh, some people say, you know, I'm more of a homebody. Okay. Die to self. Die to self. There is a, a church that you are related to. Relationship. Maybe maybe you didn't grow up with the Ozzy and Harriet family and you don't you don't appreciate brothers and sisters well you should you should we need this they need this we need to get out of our comfort zones there is a a relationship there is a, a a communion that the holy spirit wants you to have not me Maybe you're, you're here and you're mad at me. I don't, I don't like you, Manny. You're, God wants you to have fellowship, right? So this is something that we have to understand in our heart. Um, look at Philippians chapter 2. 
And you guys ever have trouble finding those books like Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians? All you got to remember is girls eat popcorn. G-E-P-C. Right? I'm just joking. It's true though. Philippians 2. Someone want to read verse 1? Yeah, and then he goes, fulfill my joy by being like-minded. And so um, here, Paul writing to the Philippians, is he mentions kind of the same thing, the fellowship of the Spirit. And so there is a, an aspect of where we have the companionship of the Holy Spirit who will give us the capacity to have fellowship with others. And so if we don't have fellowship with others, then... Chances are we're not we're not filled with the spirit. Number three, uh, after the word partnership, is the word companionship. Companionship, and that is the the method of fellowship. God has created us to be people who are dependent on God and interdependent upon people. Remember Genesis two and verse eighteen. Does anybody know what that? says it is not good for man to be alone right and so um, Proverbs 18 1 did anybody know that verse yeah yeah let's let's look at Proverbs 18 1 So a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. So someone else, break that down to me. What does that mean to you? It's interesting, huh? It's like, you you know, I don't know. Uh, And... You guys are, are here in church, and so I, I mean, I'm not saying that you don't struggle with it, but you know, maybe you're a little bit more in the fellowship mode. But you know that if you ever find yourself in that place where you're isolating yourself, the reason, what's the reason? It's because you want you want your own way. I mean, and there's a lot of reasons for that. There's the part of the reason might be because um, you, God's telling you to fellowship, and you're saying no to who? To God. And then, um, like we talked about right now, like people, you know, that if you were to open up and be transparent and have true and genuine fellowship with people, that you make yourself vulnerable. Uh, that's the hard part about fellowship. Like if I just kind of like hide in a hole, then no one will know the real me. And and why is that like self-destructive behavior? 
Yeah. And, 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 and here's the thing, okay? If there's a problem with me, like the real me, well, shouldn't I want to change? And, 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 and what ends and up happening is I actually, like I, I cut one of those legs out that can help me change. See? You got to make yourself vulnerable. You got to open up to somebody. Somebody. Right? There has to be true, genuine fellowship. It says right here, he, he seeks his own desire and he rages. He doesn't just like go against all wise judgment. He rages against wise judgment. So for the most part, not overgeneralizing, but for the most part, girls are a little better at fellowship. Not all girls, but most are. Guys are not, huh? Guys are not. We're like, hey, what's up, bro? You know, <laughs> I'm doing good. And they don't want to open up. And, 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 and so... You know, you, you want to make sure that you know this. It's not good for a man to be alone. I mean, just think about when that was said. That was said before the fall. Imagine how much more so after the fall. So, right here, our quote is, We should not think of our fellowship with other Christians as a spiritual luxury, an optional addition to the exercises of private devotion. We should recognize rather that such fellowship is a spiritual necessity. For God has made us in such a way that our fellowship with himself is fed by our fellowship with fellow Christians and requires us to be so fed constantly for its own deepening and enrichment. Now there's two ways to look at the Genesis passage. Like I mentioned earlier, you can look at that passage and you can say, how much more so do we need fellowship now in a fallen world? But here's something that's cool. Let's just say you're here and you're super Christian. And I know a couple of you guys, man, we, we know you're, you're a blessing. God's doing such a great work in your life. You're healthy, right? Adam was healthy. I mean, sin hadn't even entered in the world yet. And it still was not good for him to be alone. See, no matter where you are, whether you're doing good or you're not doing so good, it's like you go to the doctor and the doctor says, this is what you need to do. And you say, no. Or what are you going to do? Beware of individualism where self is the centerpiece. So last night we went over this passage, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10, two are better than one. And he, gives, he goes on and he, and he gives rewards because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one lifts up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. If you would turn to Ecclesiastes Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. So what do you see these two people doing right here? What are they doing in the first part? Laboring. They're laboring together, huh? And isn't it better? Well, some of you guys might disagree. But it's kind of cool when you're working with someone. It's kind of cool when you're, you, you know, you're not working by yourself. 
Um, you get more done. And, uh, and not only that, but just having someone there for whatever reason, I, I know for me anyways, it just kind of like, it gives me like an extra motivation. And so, you know, two better than one, um, because you're working, you're laboring. What are some of the ways that we labor as Christians? And if you guys were there last night, you can't answer. <laughs> what are some of the ways that we labor? This is not leisure. This is labor. What are some of the ways we labor? Prayer. Prayer right? And as a matter of fact, the Greek, in speaking of Epaphras, says he agonized in prayer. So just think if you get someone else, whatever your situation is, and they're agonizing in prayer with you. Wouldn't that be cool? What are other ways that we labor? Serve. Serve in ministry. First Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight talks about you know that we should be abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that our labor is not in vain. Right? So we're laboring together. Uh, we also labor in the word, huh? The Bible says I I think it's First Timothy five seventeen, where there, the pastors were laboring in the Word, <coughs> and of course that's his calling. But it's a blessing for anyone to labor in the Word. And that's kind of what we're doing here. Even we're laboring in the Word, and you guys are are searching out the Scriptures. And there's just so many different ways that we labor together. Understand that as you're laboring with others, that you're going to be rewarded. You're going to be rewarded, and that's what he says right there. Verse 10, if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. And so in those days, they didn't have sidewalks. Uh, as a matter of fact, Israel was very, it's very rocky, um, un, un, uneven, uh, you know, paths, uh, sometimes uh, pits. They would even fall in. If you were traveling by yourself, you might break your leg. You might fall in a hole. So um, when you have someone there with you, though, then when you fall, what's the other person going to do? They're going to kick you? Is that what you said? (laughs) (laughs) It's a good one. Boom. (laughs) No. Yeah. They're there to lift you up, right? And uh, that's why you have to have, you got to make sure that you, you have friends in your life and and if you're married of course your spouse should be your your closest friend but i would say if possible uh, you got to cultivate friendships with other people as well okay because if you're having marital problems um your your wife (laughs) you know (laughs) you're gonna need some help but the only way that they can be your friend is if you let them. If you don't let anybody be your friend, then they're, you're not going to have friends. But you you got to let them. Yeah. And the Bible does say we're supposed to choose our friends wisely. So, uh, you know, it's something that I've noticed in life that is something that the Lord has to do. You know, and maybe you can be friendly. You're like, man, I I need somebody and, and then the Lord will cross paths or maybe you can take a step of faith and make a phone call and just say, hey, will you be my friend? 
<laughs> I even I know it's straightforward. I know, but you know, I mean, do, that might actually work. The Lord will show you, you know. Um, but they're they're, they're there to, to lift you up, you guys. And I, what I've learned in life is, I don't care who you are, you're gonna fall. We all stumble. We all fall. We all need a friend. We all need a companion. Notice what he says next. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? And so the first one has to do with the work. The second one has... I mean, the first one has to do with the work. The second one has to do with the walk. And the third one has to do with warmth. And we live in a world that's cold, huh? Have you guys ever said that to somebody? Man, you're cold. (laughs) Yeah. And they hit us, man. You know, um, and I have to get better at this, but um, for those of you guys who are married, your wife goes out there and someone is, um, maybe just mistreat her. And, and you, if, I could, if I could just put it this way, maybe you can visualize it. And then you, you just hold her. You just hold her and you keep her warm. You know, last night we were talking about this and, and one of the ladies who actually goes out there into the workforce, she says that when she goes out into the world and it's cold and it's tough and it's dog-eat-dog type of thing, when she comes home, her husband is her sanctuary. You know? and she said he was her blanket. Oh, her blanket? Oh, yeah, I thought she said like sanctuary. She said both. Blanket and sanctuary. Yeah, and he's a big dude, so it probably works that way. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it works both ways, though, right? The guy can be out there. He comes home. Hopefully his home is a sanctuary. So anyways, the, the, the work, the walk, the warmth, and then the last one, Notice it says right there in verse 12, the one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. The fourth thing here is the war, right? And so you guys know how it is. You know, we're wrestling not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And so um, the other one's there and you're fighting. There's this aspect of fellowship. Two are better than one. But then look at the last thing right here. He says in verse 12, And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. So two are better than one, but three are better than two. Is that math? Or Yeah, I think that's math. But here's the thing, okay? I could have three cords right here. One, two, three. Is that what he's talking about? No. No. He's talking about them woven together. Huh? with the Lord Jesus Christ in the middle. And here's you and your friend, or you and your spouse, and you're woven together. This is fellowship. If you're here, and you're dangling, and it's kind of like, ah, you know, thing but chicken wing, then it's not fellowship. You know, man, it's interesting, because you could be at church, and not really fellowship. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, and, I, and, I, and I'm just going to share this with you guys. Like, um, okay, um, with men, 
how do men fellowship? I, I could have you come over to my house and we can pray and read our Bible together. And I think God can definitely use that. That's, that's legit. But a lot of times the way that men work is when they do, you know, they go do their man thing. Maybe they're playing golf or maybe they're going fishing. You know, they do their, not always, I'm just saying, they do their man thing. And then something about that environment, something about that atmosphere, you know, when guys start doing stuff like that, that it, it, it just makes it deeper. It it's, knits their hearts together in that capacity. So try both. You know, try going, coming to the men's fellowship. But maybe also try going out there and, uh, you know, I don't know, fishing, um, golf. Probably not tennis because you might get competitive. <laughs> you might actually not like each other or something after you're done. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you just have to think like God will show you the details. But you, if you really want this, you know, you got to kind of go outside the box. One of the guys invited me golfing the other day and thinking about taking him up on it, man, because I need it. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. It says in Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen. And so uh, you guys see the friction there? That's like intense. That's what we need to do. It sharpens the countenance of his friend. And that means his face is changed because his heart is changed. Because the face reflects the heart. Right? So we got to have that iron sharpening iron. And like Henry was saying, don't think just because you went to church that you fellowshiped. You know? Um, and I know it's hard, you know? But try, man. Try to talk to somebody. Try to... Like when you come to church service, don't just come to see what you can what you can get. Come to see what you can give. Spend some time with some people. And if so and so doesn't want to talk to you, it's okay. And sometimes people leave church and they're like, I can't believe it. They didn't even say hi to me. <laughs> I don't know. I tr- I don't trip on things like that at all, man. But I would just say, did you say hi to them? Uh, did you give them a big hug? I don't know. Um, it is possible to come to church service and then leave. And then let's just say the church grew. And a lot of people are like, oh, I can't go to that church. It's too big now. And I liked it when we were small. It's all up to you. Big church, small church, it doesn't matter. You just have to take that initiative. You see, there's companionship here. First Corinthians 12. 12. Somebody want to read that? Verses 12 through 18? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, here we go. As the body is one and has many members, 
all the members of that one body. For all the members of that one body, being many are one body. So also is Christ. For if by one spirit you were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If a foot should say, because I am not a hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not a, an eye, am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole uh, were hearing, uh, if the whole were hearing, where would be the stand? And now God, God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? He went the extra mile. Yeah, so, you know, just the emphasis obviously being uh, unity and diversity in one body. Um, Whether you like it or not, we're kind of stuck with each other, but hopefully you see that as a blessing and not as something that is bad. But And then don't get caught up as far as what part of the body you are. You're like, hey, I'm not, you know, whatever it is, that, that position that you think is all that, doesn't matter. We, we, need, we need different parts of the body, you know, big time. Um, and so, you know, just uh, uh, embracing the fact that we're one, even though I know it's hard uh, sometimes, because the enemy tries to come in and he tries to destroy the fellowship. Look at Ephesians 4. We have the same thing in verses 11 through 16. And he himself gives some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man or a mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together. And I don't know if you want to underline this, but at least highlight it in your heart by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Today after service, we were talking to um, one of the brothers, and he's going through some really, really hard times. And so we're just there talking. We're just there giving scriptures. We're just there, you um, you know, asking God for wisdom. Is that, a, is that an important part of service? Yes. Maybe the most. the most important. huh? I mean, you know, hopefully you guys got blessed by the worship. Hopefully you, got, you took something out of the teaching. But at the end of the day, sometimes those little, little you know, five-minute fellowships with someone is the one that made the difference between life and death for someone. You know, and so don't think that you don't have anything to offer and as a matter of fact, I pray that you guys would all know that you have the Lord inside of you. 
sometimes is, from my standpoint, it's good to seek out perhaps a sister that is more mature in the faith for specific, and because then you get a different perspective, more mature than you. And then sometimes you're going to meet up with a sister that slips, and you can share what you learned from the other one. Yeah. You know, so, so you, you kind of feel yourself so that you can empty yourself. To the one that's less mature. Yeah. And, and, I, and I've learned too, and, I, and that's so true, you know. You guys have been walking with the Lord for, you're like, it's only been three years. Well, it's only been three months, you know, for that one over there. But then as a pastor, you even learn to learn from the new believers almost, man. You're always like, just there's something about you know, like everything I do, and I'm going to share this with you guys, like in the church, never feel worthy, never feel able, but I show up. I just say, okay, Lord, you can take me out if you want to, but I'm just going to show up, and then I'm going to speak up. And then whatever happens, I hope that you bless it. Even in fellowship, that might be how it works. Just, just you go up to someone. <laughs> you know, you show up. And you just start talking. And even though it might be you don't feel comfortable with it. And uh, I would even encourage you guys to look for new people. You know, not just the same people. Although sometimes, you know, you're, you, you have your friends, nothing wrong with that. But if, especially if you see someone by themselves, go up to them. Where you're like, well, I'm not that type of person. You can ask my wife. I was super shy, huh? the most shyest guy in the world. And I, you know, if a girl liked me and I liked her, forget about it. I wouldn't even talk to her, you know. <laughs> and, uh, but the Lord helped me. I still sometimes feel uncomfortable, but he, he, He's helped me through that. You know, we need to do this because this is the body and, and every part does its share, whether it's teaching a Bible study or just talking to someone afterwards, that can make the difference. Which leads us to our last point, and that is stewardship. And that's the overflow of fellowship. Stewardship. And so this is uh, in reference to the fact that as we're, you know, we're giving, we're contributing in that sense, that it's kind of a picture, it's a visual picture of what God does and how he provides for the poor or for the church or the staff or whatever as everybody does their part, right? And that's kind of how it all works. That's why it's called uh, communion. That's why it's called stewardship fellowship because it's something that we do uh, together. And so let's close in, in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 3. You guys have that handout. You should have that on your notes. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And that's, that, that's how it all works, huh? Fellowshipping with the Father and as we fellowship with each other, then hopefully we're having fellowship with God. I mean, I talked to you guys earlier and I, I just thought about it right now, about maybe going fishing or going golfing and it doesn't necessarily mean you're automatically going to fellowship, but sometimes that's opportunities. You can uh, go to any event and uh, fellowship is not automatic. 
Sometimes I tell my kids, you know, when you're talking with some of the young people, try to steer the conversation eventually into spiritual things. And so um, you can do that as you're listening to the Lord. He'll show you. Look at what it says in 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. What does that verse mean to you guys? 1 John 1, 7. Well, let's break it down. What do you think it means to walk in the light? Yeah. So, like, have I turned off all the lights? You couldn't see me, huh? What are you going to say, brother? I'm sorry. I just, uh, I've been Christian for a while already, so I'm, just, I'm here because I, I needed fellowship. Mm, cool. Wise enough. So, what my understanding is, when it says walking the light, that means we have fellowship with God. So, if we have fellowship with God, then we can have fellowship with the brothers. Yeah. And, and, and the, it has that word, if, you know. So, we're walking in the light. Um, we're not hiding things. Now, I'm not saying you got to, you know, give all your, your dirty laundry. Because there's certain things that are just going to probably, I mean, ultimately, probably, this between you and the Lord, or maybe you and your spouse. But I think a lot of times we hide way too much. And there's that aspect of being transparent. So when I'm transparent, if you can visualize it this way, the walls start falling down all around me. And, you know, you know I'm talking to Marcus, and so the, the, wall, the wall falls down. And now I can have true fellowship with him because there's no more walls right here because I'm not pretending. I'm not, you know, how are you doing? Someone will say, how are you doing? What do we usually say? I'm great. I'm well, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and that, this, is when you, this is what you have to say. No, how are you really doing? And then you got to like get ready for a half an hour conversation. <laughs> no, I don't know. We can't open up to everybody. But if we will let those walls fall down and the transparency takes place in our life, and it says right here, we have fellowship with one another. Now we're talking true fellowship. It's freeing. There's something about it. But why do you think it says in the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin? What, what do you think that is? You know what I think it means is that you start overcoming sin in your life. That's what happens. That's how powerful fellowship can be. Some people don't want to fellowship because they don't want to change. And they have this sin that for whatever reason they don't want to let go of. It's almost like spiritual suicide. So you need to um, just know the importance of fellowship. And uh, I know, again, it, you can't necessarily make it happen, but I think if you put yourself in positions and you take steps of faith and you ask God for leading and guidance, 
that he'll help you with these things. And I've told you guys before about the redwood trees of California. Um, have any of you guys ever gone down and visited them? They're just huge, huh? You can drive cars through them, man. I mean, these things are massive. They're the largest living things on earth and the tallest trees in the world. Some of them are 300 feet high and over 2,500 years old. And so, um, huge. And so, when you think of these trees, you're thinking, well, their root system must be deep, right? But the truth is, the redwoods have an actually uh, a very shallow root system. If you were to actually go underneath the tree and get down on your knees and examine the, the root system, you would find, however, that the key to the roots is that they all intertwine with each other. That's why. They are locked with each other. And so when the storms come, the winds blow, the lightning flashes, the redwoods still stand because they're not alone. For all the trees support and protect each other. Each tree is important to all the other trees in the grove. And so for us, you know, um, I, you, I, I sometimes I, I want to say it from the pulpit. I've never done it, though, but I probably should. Do you guys think it would be weird for me to say, okay, everybody here, I want everyone here to give at least one person your phone number. And if you don't show up for church service, that they'll call you and they'll say what's up. Because you can have, is that a good idea? Because yes. huh, sometimes, huh, Henry? Men with women and men with the men. Yes, and definitely. Only for that purpose, not to. Yeah. Then you have to, with service, they go to first or session as well. Yeah. And it's a challenge, maybe given to a couple people. Because sometimes what ends up happening is sometimes people stop coming to church service and then they, they get mad at Henry. They're like, Henry, why didn't you call me? I was gone for like six months and nobody ever called me. And, 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 and at the end of the day, I'll be honest with you, the church is like, sometimes you just don't, it's hard. It's hard. You don't realize. So, you know, make yourself accountable to someone. And, um, you know, different ways. That it could be church service showing up. It could be some of the spiritual disciplines we've been talking about. It can be you having someone over for dinner um, or lunch or you get breakfast together on a, on, a, on a regular basis, once a month or something. Pray about things like that. And, uh, and I think that, you know, for us to open up to people, we're going to have to make ourselves vulnerable and if you're on the receiving end, hopefully you make yourself trustworthy. To where, like, if I tell you something, I know that you're not going to go tell, you know, your, your wife or, you know, your kids or, you know, your friends and stuff. Um, but it's, it's just between us. That helps a lot. And, uh, and they're not going to judge me, you know, in the sense that uh, in, a, in a harsh or legalistic fashion, you're going to keep me, but, but, you know, not judge me. So as we close on fellowship, any any thoughts, you guys? Any questions? Yes. light is on and we won't be um, bones 
Before you leave that point, though, that it's 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 good. I think overall truth, just telling the truth, but it kind of goes back to what we were saying about transparency. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. Tell the truth, right. and shame the devil. Okay. I messed up. <laughs> yes. I I don't know how. I don't. I just do not know how Henry did that, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's actually going to be for the next month. It, yeah. Yeah. So on your homework right there, you can cross out the white grace changes everything. Yeah, you can cross that out. Because uh, January, February, January, February, March, July. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, like on a scale of 1 to 10 right there, 10 being best, how would you rate your fellowship? Circle 1, you know, your life of fellowship. And uh, and then right on one page paper. if you're not a 10, then what steps would you take? This is just for you. Yeah, this is just for you. No. And then the homework here. Oh, yeah. Take some steps of faith to initiate true fellowship. Write a one-page paper on what steps you took and how and what the Lord did. So you don't have to turn in the scale thing. You know, that's between you and the Lord. But the one-page paper uh, would be due next month. Yeah. And they got to finish reading Practical Christian... 30 days to understanding. Practical, yeah, Christian life. Oh, yes. Yes, Lord. Yeah, and you might look at Laura and you say, well, it comes naturally for her. Oh, who knows, number one, if it always was like that. I know now it is. But secondly, I just feel like the more you do that, easier it becomes. Not, and let me just tell you, and when you do that, listen. 
Don't just go up and say, hey, I'm going to, you know, fellowship with you. Okay, let me tell you what's going on in my life right here. <laughs> just listen. Because I've learned this as, as a pastor. A lot of times that's all we're doing. We're just listening. And then I kind of get a little word edge in edgewise. And then uh, that's all they needed to do sometimes was just kind of sh- share something. You know, but it is, it, it's ministry, huh, Henry? It's, it's, I don't want to use the word draining, but it is something that, I'll tell you this, when you're listening to people, and if you're really paying attention, it is kind of draining. Now, if you're not paying attention, it's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah, they learn they're real. They really care. You know, they can trust you. Excuse me, you can't have coffee in here. <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> the always bellow. <laughs> That's how I meet people. You see, that's how I meet people. Right? <laughs> you shouldn't see it as draining. Okay? Um, you know, it's Yeah. When kindness was given to me, I was kind of like, 
Yeah, you as a new believer, because yeah. I don't know, I, I, I'm not used to that kind of kindness, so yeah. as, came, as time was, you know, progressed and people, the same people kept coming up to me, I was like, okay, well maybe this is genuine, and that's mm. how the love of Christ was shown to me. Yeah, yeah. I, don't like, I don't think of like draining as you're saying draining, because you could be emotionally draining, you know, but it's like, I look at it like when you're sharing with the sister and the sister and we're sharing certain things because we all go through different things thinking about the many members, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody's gone through or maybe somebody hasn't gone through certain things. But it's like, to me, we should get drained to a big I don't know, for me it just makes sense to a point where you have that compassion for that person. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't look at draining to always mean something negative. It could be positive, you know, to where it's like, now you know what to pray for that person. Mm -hmm. Because Jesus prayed. He, he, went, he went and he prayed and he prayed. And the disciples were asleep. And Jesus prayed and he, and he was praying with blood, right? And it was, that was all the stuff. And he, he also said, you know, Father, take this cup from me. I can't keep it. Mm. And that that's basically what what I mean in a sense, you know. I mean, it's not like when you're witnessing to somebody and you're out in the street and, and then about two or three people go and attack one person and try to share with them. And it's always where one one should be praying and the other one should be sharing. And the Lord leads by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, It's funny because we talk about um, being poured out, but then the Lord has to pour in huh? so that we can be pouring out and listening. And it's a good thing. I know they were talking about Billy Graham when he would do crusades, you know, just giving it everything he's got, you know. And he would be up there. He was really energetic. And then remember, and then afterwards, he was just like, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of what we're talking about. Lady, 
touched it, their grandmother's gone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I thought about that. So you guys just want to keep fellowshipping, huh? <laughs> so spiritual uh, relationship, a spiritual partnership, a spiritual companionship. You know, when you get together and it's the Holy Spirit, you know, talking about the Bible and just things going on in the spiritual realm. You know, that's fellowship. And so I pray um, we would cultivate that in our lives. And I know even I, I have to grow in that area too. So let me pray with you guys. Lord, I thank you for your love and your grace. And I thank you for these beautiful people, Lord, and the way that, Lord, you're, uh, you're discipling them. I believe that with all my heart. I pray, Lord, that we would grow in that, that we would learn to truly take up our cross more frequently, maybe even one day every day. Uh, every moment, Lord, and to follow you, Lord, with a reckless abandon. And what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his own soul? And so, Father, uh, bless them and bless their families. E help us to fellowship at home and uh, and then with others, Lord. And I just pray that you bless the re rest of the class as they're reading their books and as they're spending time with you. Not Not to just do it, Lord, and I, and I know they know, I know, but we need to be reminded. Let it be sweet. Lord, help us to give you time to speak to us. Help us to give you time to really pray the way that we should. I, I just love you, Lord. I thank you. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.